Well, Dave, it is good to be with you here in Kansas City. Good morning, Ben. It's a good thing that you're still here in Kansas City making guitar pedals. I've been talking to a bunch of people uh, from different guitar pedal companies who are really struggling at the moment. Yeah. Um, the industry's been hit pretty bad over the last couple of years. Production's been tough. And uh, the fact that you are still here is a, <laughs> is a testament to your character, maybe? Or just your stamina or your stupidity. I don't really know. I, you, you decide. I'll allow the last two. <laughs> you decide what that is. Does that make me a mule? It's Maybe. Stamina and stupidity. <laughs> That's right. Uh, could be. Well, you're a father of four daughters, which I don't know if some people even knew that about you, which yeah. that alone is enough to make a person cry. Yeah. Um, I spend a lot of nights just crying. <laughs> just every night before I go to bed, glass of whiskey and a few shed tears. You know, there is a lot of crying in my house, although most of it's not me. <laughs> That's probably true. I do have a preteen myself, and uh, there is a lot of tears in the house. Mm -hmm. They're a lot of fun, uh, and having kids is a blast, but it's exhausting, mm -hmm. we'll be honest. Yeah, some things are just so unbelievably important. It's just not even reasonable <laughs> how that could be that important. That is true. So how do you survive as a father raising four beautiful little girls, uh, running a pedal company, being a husband to your amazing wife? How do, you, how do you juggle all those things in a way that keeps you somewhat sane or if I, if I just lost you already? I use screen time as a tool. <laughs> for my children. I take it. How, how much screen time have you away. had today? How much have you had today? Two hours? That's not enough. There's this really funny tension of like um, using it to, you know, get them to do things and it's a great motivator. But there's this really funny thing that happens in them when they've like crossed over their line of too much screen oh, yeah. time where their ability to be rational is completely gone. And now it's it's like do or die over unloading the dishwasher. It's the smallest thing. It's yeah. really kind of shocking. Yeah. No, I, I, I wish I didn't know what you're talking about, uh, but I do. The tears over the smallest, yeah. the and smallest, I don't, I most don't, insignificant things. I don't feel like I experienced this same thing, so I don't understand. Well, Although we didn't. Know. We didn't grow up in a world where you had immediate access to anything whenever you wanted it. I mean, if I wanted to watch a TV show, you know, I'd have to wait till Friday at 4 p.m. Right. Because it only came on once a week, and that was it. That was, and when it was done, I couldn't go back and rewatch it. Our kids have so much access, it's insane. Now, if you were to watch a three-hour movie, though, or were to binge watch three hours of TV, would your ability to be rational suddenly go away, or is this just a childhood thing? That's a question for a psychologist, which neither I'm of us I'm just saying I've never experienced are. this that I'm aware of. It's true, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But I, I have experienced the same thing with mine, so uh, yeah, maybe I'll research that later. I think I need to spend excessive time on the screen to see. To see how it affects me as an individual. So speaking of, how do you, again, how do you juggle your life at the moment? Well, I, um, I've hired a couple of really capable people to help me. I'm sorry about that sometimes. <laughs> I'm not ever sorry about no. that. Man, you just 
got to make room for what's most important yeah. and keep everything else going. Um, in studying to be a lifeguard, I learned to tread water for five minutes while holding a brick above my head. So I feel like that was the thing that prepared me most for the way my life is right now. <laughs> Treading water for five minutes while holding a brick <laughs> above my head. <laughs> So uh, a concrete block, a concrete not block, a, yeah, not like a, a cinder not block, a brick, yeah. yeah, a cinder block. Good God, that would be something else. Um, what do you, you know, going back to two or three years ago, I remember meeting with you for uh, some Vietnamese food mm. and talking about brown because back then you were just fixing amps and fixing guitars and you know, doing little mods for people and that kind of stuff. And touring a ton. And touring a ton and being a guitar tech for a bunch of, you know, really crazy good people. Yep. And could you have imagined back then, you know, what would have happened with Brown, with the protein pedal, with, you know, where things had gone? I mean. I couldn't have. Yeah. You know, putting the pedal out was um, something that took a long time and, it, it was a lot of trial and error and trying different things. And then some really great help from some people who'd already been down that road, which was super helpful. And Adam's continual prodding to put the pedal out. Um, I, I would never have done this on my own without all the great people that helped on the way. Do you, are you thankful that you did it? <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, it's been, it, it allowed me to stop touring yeah. which touring had begun to become really hard on my family. You know, yeah. My wife works full-time, and I got four kids. So being gone on long tours required, you know, nannies and things like that, which is great, but that somebody's got to manage all of that, and um, not being around to help with that was really, became really tough. Yeah. So it was starting to, starting to affect my kids and my wife a little bit, and I'm glad to be able to take a break from that. Yeah, and I think it's helpful for people to know that when you buy brown, <laughs> when you buy brown, uh, you really are supporting a local, small local business yeah. in Kansas City. You know, this is not some big manufacturing company from China that's just, you know, reselling pedals here in the in the US market. Right. And we're hand, hand, you know, kind of hand building pedals Adam and I were just talking about this, wanting to source as much American product as we can, build as much here as we can. I mean, I'm not trying to be like all America, but I do think that sending a lot of our business and money overseas is complicated for me personally. Um, when I look at the amount of people who don't have work and, you know, here in the States. So I would just as soon buy as much American product as possible. As possible, yeah. I mean, I drive a Honda, so I, I mean, I'm not saying that I will only. I know it's hard. It's hard because at the end of the day, you know, if we there's certain things that if we did as a pedal company, only American products, the cost of the pedal would be so high. Well, it'd be impossible, and inaccessible yeah. for people. Where are you going to get, you know, ICs? Yeah, exactly. So at that point, you just have to be able to source stuff, right? But we, you know, doing everything we can to keep it a small, local, Kansas City-based business, unless yeah. we decide to move from Kansas City. 
The ocean is calling my name. The ocean is always calling. I grew up on, you know, for people don't know, Australian accent, which is the weird accent you hear. I hadn't noticed that. Hadn't noticed the accent? You yeah. have an accent? Uh, grew up on the Gold Coast, on the beach, and now live in the middle of the Midwest, uh, where there are no mountains and no beaches. Yeah. And ask myself that question literally your heart is, every day. Your heart is actually broken. Mm -hmm. It is. And so, you know, if brown suddenly becomes a made in Florida petal, mm -hmm. then, you know, it's just going to be what it is. Sorry, yeah. guys. There's, there's parts of Florida I really love. That's right. Or, you know, the Gulf Shore, Gulf yeah. Coast and Alabama. I like that as well. The thing is, I grew up in Tucson. And so I don't mind heat, but humidity is really tough for me still. Yeah. Um, so the idea of going somewhere even more humid is a struggle. Um, but there's not uh, there's not any allure from the West Coast for me right now. So no. Not, no. I'm not raising kids and, you know, all of that. No, a lot of reasons for that. So uh, being kind of where you're at now with the pedal company, what do you feel like uh, you would want to tell people about where we're headed, some things that... I know what we have some plans in store, some things that we want to, products we're going to start putting out, different things, but how do you want to? I want to continue to make really interesting, cool stuff. I want to continue to release things that are our take on classic things and as well as doing innovative stuff. And man, I would love if we could figure out how to build a few more guitars and amplifiers a year too, but that, you know, all of that requires the ability to scale and we're something we're still working on. We're still trying to meet the demand for the protein, and that's been a, a challenge. Adam and I were talking about, you know, when we get ahead with the protein, like ahead of demand. Constant and, back orders. And I was like, yeah. I don't know if that's going to happen because that hasn't happened since we started. No. We continue to manufacture more, continue to order more, and, you know, it's, it's a fantastic problem. I'm not complaining. I'm yeah. grateful. I just... Well, I think there's a ton of companies out there, too, that have been making great products. The issue a lot of us are having, companies, are it's supply chain issues. Right. It's getting it's getting sourcing the parts. It's getting them made. It's You know, there's only a few companies that do certain things. Right. And so we've been running into that issue pretty consistently of being able to get what we need in a timely manner, and it right. just hasn't happened. Right. And I talk to a ton of dealers every single day and they say this is not just a brown issue this is a lot of pedal companies right um, and so i think one of the benefits that we've had over the last year is just low overhead you know we there's only a couple of us you know we're just we're really doing this as concise and as much as possible you know to keep costs low and to make it as easy as possible and right. so you know i mean i think about People that, you know, I just sent out pedals yesterday to people that had been on our wait list for six weeks waiting for a pedal, you know. Amazing. And it's not, you know, there's another pedal that's, you know, four years on a wait list. Uh, so it's not four years, but still six weeks, I think, for people that have, they have paid in full for something and have waited six weeks. You know, I feel the pain of that. Right. Um, every single day. Patiently, like, too. I mean, how many angry emails have you gotten from people who oh, don't have a pedal? none. Yet? Yeah. You know, and that's, you know, for people six weeks. And I try to make sure that if it's been any longer than four weeks that I reach out to those people. But it's, you know, again, a great issue, to great problem to have is, you know, but at the same time, we're doing right. everything we can to try and catch up and get ahead of it if yeah. that's even possible. 
And then, you know, we have a few products in the pipeline. I don't know if you want to talk about them. The blue side, uh, somebody had just mentioned recently if they could get the blue side on its own. And we've had a lot of requests for the blue side on its own. And so I think that's going to be what's out next. That wasn't necessarily the plan, but like we said, with with the way things go, kind of whatever you can get parts for is what you do. So... I think we're going to release the blue side on its own next, mm-hmm. which will be our yeah third. It'll be our third, third offering. Third offering. We have another couple coming up after that. Yeah, uh, but again, most of it's just due to can we get stuff? Can we get parts right. and get a product into the market? And I'm really we'll- excited about what's coming after that one. Uh, it's a utility, but I don't want to talk about it till it's till it's ready. Yeah, till it's in the mail. <laughs> yeah, and this is something we've talked a lot about, and I know. Uh, People may be aware of this or not, but our whole goal isn't to, it's to produce utility products, things that are standards on a guitar pedal board yeah. for people that you, you just need a, a high quality version of this thing right. to do this spe- specific thing rather than you know some kind of, there's a lot of people that do interesting takes on different things, right? but the whole goal has been from day one to create products that are for really working musicians. Having done like the guitar tech thing for a lot of years, just having things fail during a show is my worst nightmare as a player and as a tech. So that's kind of was a lot of my ideology from the beginning because I've been building and fixing and playing and touring and, you know, forever. And so I wanted to make stuff that, was solid. I mean, a lot of what I started out doing was just fixing things that broke while people were trying to, you know, do live stuff. And then, you know, I would have guys that were on tour that would stop in when they came through Kansas City to fix all their stuff while they were on tour. So just kind of the idea of bulletproofing things is, you know, and nothing is unbreakable, but that's been our goal is, you know, make stuff that's solid that will survive tour and, you know, being tossed around. And then also just kind of identify areas where we see, you know, problems that we feel like we could solve maybe in a way that we haven't seen solved yet. Right. So one of the things being an entrepreneur, which you may or may not consider yourself that, (laughs) but you are, whether you like it or not, um, I think as an entrepreneur, there's a lot of people that want to start building their own pedals or you know, want to start their own company. What's something you would say to somebody that wants to get into this field uh, that you wish you had known, you know, two and a half, three years ago? I think I would just say, please enjoy. <laughs> please enjoy. Good luck with that. Please enjoy the journey. Josh Scott told me uh, multiple times, like, um, put that pedal out. And then also told me multiple times, like, why did I start a pedal company? <laughs> so I would say it's possible, but you've got to have um, grit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a good way to put it. Uh, it, it just requires some stamina. Yeah. It's, it's just, you just constantly have hurdles to overcome. I imagine it's that way starting any new business. But if it's a business that's manufacturing 
somewhat complicated things, there's going to be a lot of hurdles. I was talking to my wife last night about this. We were talking about some of the issues we continue to run into. You know, and I was like, well, you know, 80% of our business is pretty easy-ish. And then there's the 20% that literally you want to pull your hair out every single day. Every day. Um, and you keep hoping that you're going to overcome that obstacle. And then maybe you do for a minute and then a different version of that same obstacle comes up. And you're like, ah, is this, is this just what it is? And from talking to other people, you know, I'm helping for the last couple of years, it's what it feels like. It's like, well, I think this is just a part of yeah, I think it is what it is. Being, having some complicated things and, you right. know, 80, 20, it's like, yeah. And I don't even know if it's 80. It's probably not even 80%. But there are obstacles that you just... 60, 40. You're just never really going to ever see the end of that. Right. Uh, and maybe for if you found a business, you know, an online business where that you're not able to, but you can just stop working, then good for you. Awesome. Uh, but you know, send me an email. Let me know what that is. I would like. Uh, I'd like, like to, to do that. that. Yeah. But we're producing a physical product that has to get put into a box and shipped yeah. to a person, and that is going to constantly require maintenance and adjustment. So you're saying we should make apps instead. Digital, but even then, I'm like, I got friends who have on online coaching companies and different things like that. And, you know, the ebb and flow of their business models and they're having to change and Instagram changes their algorithms and Facebook changes their thing. And all of a sudden, you know, TikTok's the new thing. And all of us old people are like, what the heck am I supposed to do on TikTok? I have What's a tickety-tocker? And what am I supposed, like I'm supposed to dance? Is that what I'm supposed to do on TikTok? How do I advertise on TikTok? You can dance if you want to. Yeah. <laughs> so starting a TikTok account, you, what do you think about that? I mean, I have two. You have two? Mm -hmm. One for your kids, one mm -hmm. for you? Well, not for me, one for the business. I, I don't feel a whole lot of need personally for a TikTok account, but uh, we're going we're gonna to try and start putting some content out on TikTok. Yeah. Well, let's hope that does something of value. Yeah. I think that's the hardest thing. I, I'm like, where do you put your time and energy into outside of like the core business? My stuff? children. Yeah. There you go. Main, uh, maintaining a relationship with my wife. Oh, that's not what you meant, is it? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I think I'm, I'm just saying like for people that are trying to get involved in starting a business or the guitar industry and those kind of things, it's like what? Wait, what, wait till you have kids and you're married and then work a part-time job and start a business. No, work a full-time job to start a business. Instead of business. While your wife is also working a full-time job. So 10 years from now, Dave, you know, and you're sitting back and you're on your Lamborghini yacht that you'd purchased from <laughs> the, the years of, of just pedal success after success after mm -hmm. success. And, you know, you're 5,000 employees who look to you every single day for their bread and butter. How are you feeling about life at that point? I think it's going to say, here lies Dave Brown, <laughs> buried on this Lamborghini yacht. <laughs> well, can you just hand it over to me? No, I think, what, what do you feel like in 10 years' time? Like, like, I mean, growth is, comes with its challenges. And where do you want to be as a company in 10 years? You know, the, it's interesting. My entire life, whenever anyone has asked me anything about the future, 
I instantly get a panic attack. Um, from the time I was little until now, like the idea of trying to think about the future, plan, move forward, you know, vision cast, whatever, just instant anxiety attack. It's gotten a lot better. Um, and I know that I, where I want to see us go and grow and continue to innovate and do cool things. Do I want a gigantic company? Probably not. Um, but we'll see. I, I want to um, make products for people who want them. And if that requires that we have more employees, that's okay. It's kind of funny, like outlining the 10-year plan. is like oh, it requires me to um, overcome an internal hurdle. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and I think that's a, that's a challenge for anybody, you know, especially during the last two years when we just don't know. I mean, you know. The Delta variant at this point is starting to come back around and it's like, who knows, you know, two weeks from now, the entire world could shut down again. And I think there was, for many, many years, it was pretty consistent, like trajectory in right. most businesses and markets that you could pretty much rely on. And now it's like, well, we'll just see where things land, uh, but we'll continue to do what we know we can. Yeah as much as possible, put great products in the hands of yeah. people that love to play music. Hopefully make things that make people happy. Yeah. Bring joy, bring a little light to the world. <laughs> I think, you know, typically since I was a teenager, my five-year plan is to keep breathing. <laughs> That's a good step. <laughs> That's my immediate response to what's your five. I just need to keep breathing while I work through this question <laughs> that I cannot answer. I'm sorry. You coach softball as well, right? I do. So tell uh, people a little bit about that. Being that I'm very sportsy <laughs> um, and was never a good ball player at all, um, naturally, my, my oldest is a great softball player. And so when she started, you know, it was just, you know, help coach. And so yeah. I had to learn all of the, the rules and... Well, I don't think I know all the rules. There's a lot of rules. But, you know, learning the basics of softball. And she's a pitcher, so that's been... It's not... Even if I were a great baseball pitcher, I would be useless to her teaching her how to pitch a softball. So... It's a whole different thing. Yeah. And now I have two that play softball. It's a lot of fun. I yeah. love it. It's a great place to connect with them, connect with their friends, and, you know... And then you're also, you know, you help um, at a little local church. Yep. Uh, doing some music stuff on the weekends. For Yep. Was asked to fill in when the worship leader left. And so now I've got you roped into that as well. <laughs> he, did, he did drag me into that as and, well. <laughs> uh, Which is fine. You know, we'll see if they can ever hire anybody else at this point. I mean, do they need anybody else? Well, I don't think they want me. anybody else is the problem. <laughs> Between you and me. No, it's fun. It's, you know, it gives us a musical outlet, yep. some creative outlet yeah. uh, beyond, you know, boxing up pedals to send out to people. Speaking of which, um, since you're leading this weekend, what do you think about um, a 16-bar guitar solo uh, in the middle of Amazing Grace? I, uh, I'm always down. Yeah. I was for... thinking whammy pedal, um, fuzz and a lot of delay and just, I mean, let's just really try to explore where this song is. I think Sunday mornings are the perfect place for the exploration of your creative gift. Guys, I will do it. 
if I'm only if I just walk on stage to play the same just for the solo, same yeah, part solo, and then walk off. So yeah. Adam, Adam in the background. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> With carrying the wind, <laughs> set it down, plug it in. Oh uh, yeah. Well, that's a little bit about Dave. <laughs> that's a lot about Dave. That's a lot about Dave. So. Well, thanks for sharing a little thanks bit. Thanks for having me. Thanks for, thanks for being here. No, I think it's, you know, my, one of the things I wanted to do, we did a little bit of a shorter series kind of getting to know you. But again, I think people being able to see, you know, this is a father, a husband, you know, a worship leader, a softball coach, an entrepreneur. I'm like, sometimes it just, it's a lot of things that, it's not just, hey, here's a guitar pedal company with a, a pedal that, you know, people like. Here's a guy who has worked hard for a lot of years and is finally, after all these years, seen some success. Seen a tiny bit of success yeah. after all the years. Well, and it's something that I've wrestled with, you know, like a few years ago, I turned 40, and you, you wrestle with this idea of at what point in time is your life supposed to feel successful? Like you're, you've accomplished something or you've done something in your life. And, you know, I keep going back to all these people that started companies in their mid-40s. Mid-40s. Or started a new career in their late, you know, late 30s. And it's like, I think in a world that's so desperate to be successful so quickly, you know, it's, it's taken decades for you to have the character and the ability to do what you do so that now you can actually put a great pedal in the hands of people and it be successful and mean something because this isn't, you know, some guy trying to just jump on the lightest bandwagon thing. So. Well, I was an influencer in my 20s. It's just that I was only influencing three people. Yeah. Because there was no social media. So <laughs> yeah, true. I think I would have been really big. Um, but I remember our, our band's first website. I'm like, it was like two pages and it was still, people still had dial up. And we had a website and we thought it was the most amazing thing. <laughs> Probably was the most amazing thing. Uh, but man, we made CDs and yeah. we had a mailing list where we sent out physical, like actual mail. Yeah. Two people, letters that we did a newsletter once a month and we had like a thousand people on That's our newsletter fantastic. list and we would print it off and we would, you know, put them in the mail and we would send it off to people in Australia. Was like, it's just I'm so trying to remember who I was talking with the other day. We were talking about, are all our MySpace pages still out there floating around somewhere? That's a good question. I hope not. <laughs> Maybe. So. so if you're out there and you're an entrepreneur and you're just starting off and you're struggling or you're fighting for breath, you know, over the last couple of years, you know, Dave, thanks for being an inspiration to us all. <laughs>